and welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. We are currently doing the Terminator franchise as we're only doing the second one so far. So we're doing Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I'm your host. I'm the one that picked this franchise, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. I'm interested to see how the discourse goes after we all watch this movie. But my initial reaction is I fucking hate John Connor and kind of wish the T-1000 had killed him. Harsh. 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 The guy the guy that says uh, you forgot to say please in the bar scene one key sweatland. Oh, uh, hey, 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 that's a pretty good poll. I wish uh, I wish I could have opportunities in my life to like look at the camera and like pull someone's sunglasses out of their front pocket. <laughs> listening to the bad of the bone yeah dude that felt so out of place to the rest of the movie that song being on there it felt <laughs> so out of place i mean as a moment like in a vacuum i liked it i think it, it was a little weird dose of comedy that didn't need to be there <laughs> it was fine yeah uh terminator 2 <laughs> judgment day t2 came out july 3rd of 1991 Runtime of two hours and 17 minutes. Again, directed by one James Cameron. Our uh, returning stars, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton, are joined along this time around with Edward Furlong, or introducing, so it's his first film. <laughs> uh, Robert uh, Patrick has the T-1000, Joe Morton, and uh, also returning is Earl Bowen as the doctor from the first movie. I was not expecting that. That was funny. Oh, that was him, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, Edward Furlong has not aged gracefully. <laughs> I watched I liked the, Edward uh, Furlong. <laughs> yeah, I watched the honest trailer of Terminator 2, and when they put, put him up, he's like, major potential. <laughs> it's like, and you just know what happened. It's just like, yeah. Basically, after this movie, it's just... Uh, what for you, Keith? Detroit Rock City, and then that's about it. American History X. Oh yeah, that, that was mm-hmm. But no, poor Edward Furlong. I hope he's. I, I hope he's doing okay. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look like he's doing okay. Yeah, but I, yeah, I hope he's got a you know food and food and rent covered. <laughs> I mean, he's got to make some residuals off of this movie. Mm-hmm. Still, he's only forty five and looks like that. By God, that man has lived a life. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he's had a lot of substance abuse and legal problems. That's unfortunate. Yeah, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I was looking like he he had a two set a twenty seventeen movie, and then he was referencing the uh our the last Terminator movie, Dark Fate. So was he in it? No, well, we'll find uh, out. Hey, no, there's hey. no spoilers. We've all seen these. <laughs> no no spoilers though. That's. I said in the last one that that's not true. No, we've all seen them. <laughs> I'd only seen three. Rick and never six. saw these. Yeah, Rick oh, yeah, saw oh, three yeah. and six. He never saw four or five or one and two. To be fair, I saw those very much of my own choice because I heard they were just god awful, and I was on a very anti. Uh, what the fuck's his name? Batman. Christian Bale. Yeah, I was on a very anti Christian Bale kick. <laughs> all right, so guys. So 
I'll ask Keith first, since Rick, you've, this is your first time watching this. Keith, how was your experience watching Terminator 2? Joyous. I think that was a good word for it. It was uh, clipped along. It was not a tight 90, but it uh, felt like it. Like this, I never, never, never got bored. Like the, there was no like middle of the movie boredom to it. It was fun. I think as far as my history of the movie, sorry, I'm eating a gummy bear. It's kind of hard to talk. You sound inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, super appropriate. But um, this was I watched this. This was the first Terminator I ever saw. I think we covered that a little bit in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But this was like a, I probably saw it at your house as a kid. I'm probably going. I'm probably be like 100. percent Safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Safe bet. Yeah. And um, no, just initial takeaways. Just the visuals of it. I remember I sent a text out to my cousin saying this looks good at at 2023 standards. Like mm-hmm. this, like this movie like looks good today. So yeah, I was impressed watching it. Yeah. Um. For myself, I you know I mentioned it on the last show that this is in my top three movies of all time so watching this movie was for me was a, a breeze and i'm with keith the fact like i tell anybody like if you want to see graphics that could probably be current day movies go back and watch this movie so yeah, rick for sure how was your take on terminator 2 uh i thought linda hamilton fucking killed it like <laughs> I was amazed at how good she was in this movie. She was outstanding and like really portrayed that like psyche of someone who knows the entire world's going to end in like 30 years and is just broken from it and is trying to do what little she can to try and like give the human race a chance. But you can tell her inner psyche is just absolutely shattered. And I thought she portrayed that beautifully. I was actually kind of disappointed with Arnold in this movie, if I'm honest. Comparative to Arnold in the first one, honestly, like, obviously, like, he has way more lines in this one, but it's just kind of like, and it's, I don't think it's him so much that I was disappointed in, but like the directorial choices they made with the Terminator for him in this one, like, it just seemed kind of like corny at times which i wasn't and i mean it was more just like that dynamic between him and john connor i fucking just for the most part hated the child actor for john connor i thought he was just and just like the -the over-the-top writing of a 90s child with all the slang was so tiresome um but yeah everything with little hamilton was fucking awesome and the t-1000 i thought was way scarier than anything in the first terminator like he's just downright terrifying and like yeah. fucking awesome in this movie. So yeah, I think if you cut out like John Connor in this, it'd be a perfect movie to me. But John Connor and child child actor definitely brought it down for me a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Rick, give us the plot because I have some I have stuff that you know might change in mind but probably like won't but i have lore of why they went that route with arnold boys and girls non-binary and everyone in between please gather around for the reading of the plot to terminator 2 judgment day the year 1991 it's 91 in this one right yeah it's 94 because john's 10 okay so 94 95 yeah okay 
So mid 90s, John Connor has been taken away from his mother after they had a stint in Central America before returning home to, well, her going bonkers and being thrown in a mental institution. So John no longer believes that the Terminator theory is correct that he has been taught. So now he's just a delinquent kid in the streets. Unfortunately, he's a delinquent kid in the streets being chased by a Terminator. But this time, instead of just a crazy guy, or I guess not crazy guy, but a just regular human being sent from the future to come protect him, Arnold, a T-800's been sent to protect him. And it's all the lead up. Can Arnold protect John Connor? Will Sarah Connor actually try and change the future by ending Cyberdyne? Find out all this and more in Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Do, 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 do. Um, so fun, some, so they kind of wanted the reason with Arnold being kind of what, what he was is they kind of wanted him to be more human and like wanted to the to adapt more easier when, um, you know, instead of the psycho killer that he is in the um original film, that they wanted him to be more of a like adaptable uh, machine. Um, so that is why, uh, he is more of a good guy this time around. You know, he's, oh, he's the good he's not guy. He's kind but, of a good guy. Yeah. But he, like a he's better, the, he is the good guy. He is the good guy. Um, telling parts are the like very first scene when you see him, when he's at the bar and instead of, uh, killing everybody, he, you know, Break uh yeets a guy out of a window, throws a guy on a uh the uh cooktop, you know, after he gets stabbed and a, a, a cigar burnt on him. Uh but yeah, like that's a telling sign of how he's a the a good terminator because he's not killing people, well, not <laughs> as much. Um I mean he but, still uh, stabbed a man straight through the shoulder though. Well, yeah, but like it's just so the things are in the lore is this. If you go watch the trailers for this movie, the trailer gives away who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. Oh, that's annoying. I was wondering that going into this movie. like, Because actually watching the movie, if you didn't know that, they don't give that away till we get to the scene where they, two of them are facing off with John Connor. Yeah. because like, That is not the, clearly given away. Because there is a $150,000 trailer that they do, and it's just all the uh, ectoskeletons of the Terminators being made into Arnold. Like that's one of the trailers. Like that's a teaser that's trailer. That did. That's all they did. It was just like a robot flight going into a machine and then boom. Um, Arnold. And then the next one, it's they sent him back to, you know, destroy mankind. This time he's back to save mankind. Like, yeah, see, I, I kind of hate that. Like would have, yeah. that would have been such a cool twist to see in the theater of like, <laughs> Oh wait, he's the good guy. Yeah, so like that's like that's the uh the process of like okay, and like one of the things it says is like if you're watching the in the beginning of the movie why he's the good guy this time is well he does stab the guy in the shoulder, but he you know he'll live while the first time you see uh Robert Patrick's T one thousand he legit stabs the cop, you know, you you don't see it, but you just you know assume also, he just also to be fair, like he definitely like chucked a guy onto a burner. 
Yeah. And like, did that a was bunch awesome. of, like he fucked up a lot of the people in that bar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, speak- with the, I think with like that kind of stuff, it's weird to like moralize that a little bit. Cause he's like a robot trying to like prevent the like extermination of humanity. You gotta like excuse yeah. some like bad deeds a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, except he also didn't care and was going to kill people until John Connor stopped him. He's I like, no, you, you can't just kill people. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why? That's one of my one of my things I love. Like, why? Yeah, why? Um, as a father, I've been through that conversation before. Why? <laughs> why? Um, but yeah, yeah sometimes so, kids always just right. want to be killing people. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like that's like a, a a true giveaway of like besides the movie trailer, like you know, that's how they're formatted. Um. One of the uh, what was I gonna say? Where was it? Um, an idea they had for this movie was to have Michael Bean come back and be the T one thousand to kind of do that role reverse again of you know oh he's back as Kyle Reese but really he's the T one thousand. However, they abandoned annoying. it. Well, they abandoned it because they think that um it would have been too confusing for viewers if they didn't see the first movie. Yeah, and I that's a that's a good. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because. I've I've seen Terminator two like a handful of times before I saw Terminator one. Yeah, it, it always functioned as a pretty solid just movie ass movie by itself to me. Yeah, it just, it it made sense because there's that there's a little like a little bit in the beginning where they kind of like set the table with what's going on. The rest is like all right, cool. It's just a cat and mouse game for the next two hours. Sweet, let's go. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, honestly, I kind of thought this movie had maybe not more, but at least better horror elements to it for the most part, just because of how terrifying the T-1000 was. Yeah. Or like even just that terror element that they brought back from the first one when she sees Arnold for the first time and she's like, Mm -hmm. well, fuck, this is where it ends. Because clearly, I mean, like she's still traumatized from that moment. And then to see that Terminator again, like. Her reaction to that was so like on point. I it was such a good scene. The idea, the scene of her, the cops, like, hey, the foster parents are dead. This guy who was in the mall and uh, at the shown out the cop the photos at the police station in 1984. He's here. Your son is missing. How do you know him? And she just stays quiet. You know, like numb. Like she's just numbed of like, oh crap. In her face, it looks like she already thinks her son's dead. Like yeah. she thinks that like the future's already been like ended. Yeah. How sick was that arcade, by the way? Like, I'm pretty jelly I'll, of it. Yeah. I want to go to there. <laughs> yeah, so except if you went there now, all those machines would cost like two dollars yeah. a play. No, yeah. they were playing. They were playing the big fancy ones, like that 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 fighter jet game. They were playing. I think it was like so much fun. Yeah, they uh had to reboot it. You know, uh, they had it'd be like four dollars to play that one game that they played <laughs> at the time. It's like, um, a, it's like the premium Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, My, Michael Bean. Uh, there was a deleted scene in this movie that it's on the like the DVD Blu-ray player, Blu-ray edition of the special edition of the Terminator that he's in this movie. That it's the dream sequence she's having of the uh, she's having a nightmare and wakes up, but then he's in the the room with her and basically like telling like her like, "Hey, get on your feet, soldier. Our son needs your help." Fine, you know, go. You gotta get to him, but they—it's a deleted scene. But like, he I'm legit. Kind of bummed so, that's not in the movie. That would have been a good scene. Yeah, 
Um, well, her the one the dream sequence they chose with the playground melting. It was like that was that was good. It was intense. That was like that like st- like pulls the air out of your lungs when you're watching that part. That's crazy. Again, just playing to how broken her psyche is. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, she's like she can't talk in the dream. I like that. Like Practical was- effects again. The <laughs> scenes of um the city was just models that they built for the movie. Oh, and they, they figured um, out how to have space. They figured out how to have the ships flying. Yeah. Um, in this movie, they, they did it. They did. So I I did. I watched this like documentary. It was on the Blu-ray. It was like a 30 minute documentary about how, you know, how they made this movie. And it just blew my mind of how like James Cameron is like. Every step of the way, he's part of the motion of the movie some way and somehow. So what they did is they built many models of the scenes that they wanted. And then they built the real scene. Uh, the <laughs> like, you know, they built the they used the defunct uh, power plant to the, to do the end scene, but they built the mini model for it. Um, the you know the effects of the you know the flying machines. It was you know string stuff, but they you know edited all that stuff out, and then they panned it all in. And again, like I said, the CGI here. So much better than you know some movies. So much better than the the, the Henry Cavill mustache. <laughs> <laughs> or apparently um, the kiss in um you people. Have you boys heard about that? No. Oh no, there's I need a, to watch that. There's a CG kiss at the end of that movie because apparently the main actress wouldn't kiss um super bad guy Jonah. Yeah, wouldn't kiss him for some reason, apparently. I'm so so excited to watch that part. That sounds awesome. (laughs) So there is a, and then with the CGI and stuff, there's another deleted scene that I remember. I'm like, oh, why is this not in the movie? It's in the extended cut. So the scene after they break out um, Sarah, and it's the scene of the, like, of Arnold stitching her back up. And he's like, I know how the human body works and all this Mm -hmm. and that. And the deleted scene for him to learn more. They had to drill into his head and cu- pull out a chip, <laughs> but in this, but the scene is awesome because what they do is, um, they have the camera behind Arnold, and then they have the mirror, and you see Arnold and then Sarah on the other side of the mirror. Right, that's practical because Linda Hamilton has a twin sister, <laughs> so what they did was they had a the dummy be the back head of Arnold. And then when the mirror is looking at you, like the Arnold looking at you, that's really Arnold and Linda Hamilton's twin sister doing the opposite to <laughs> man, uh, that's so clever. <laughs> and then this Linda Hamilton's twin sister at the end of the movie with the two Sarahs. <laughs> but it's just like that, it's just how practical and how easy, you know, these movies this movie looks compared to some current day movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I also want to know what the insurance policy was for that helicopter scene, though, because that helicopter actually flying under that stuff looked terrifying. Yeah, how uh, they, they do hel- that? I, I, they really they the did helicopter it. Shit. They didn't fly a helicopter under a bridge like that. Yes, that they did. Kill somebody. Yes, they did. Dude, come, that looked that looked a hundred percent true. How do you not think that's true? Like that looked a hundred percent real. I've been in a helicopter. They're scary. <laughs> he flew. He he. The helicopter. The the helicopter guy that jumped out. The pilot that jumped out of the uh, helicopter after T one thousand tells him to get out is also the stunt 
uh, guy that flew the helicopter under the overpass. Um, <laughs> a camera car would be driving a steady cam operator close close to the helicopter to capture the close up, but the camera crew refused to do it because of the high risk involved. So James Cameron filmed the shot himself twice. Once of with course, the camera James car Cameron's... driving behind the helicopter and in front of it. What I'm learning through these movies is James Cam- James Cameron is insane. <laughs> he's like he's that perfectionist because in that in in his ambulance, the most recent movie he just did. Is that what it's called, Keith? That was Michael Bay. Oh, Michael Bay. Okay. I would say like what Michael Bay did in ambulance is that he they did like a drone shot and the guy the guy that flew the drone, like, how many takes do you got? It's like one. Make it count. It's just like okay. Yeah, Cameron's oh, too involved in turning Avatar into the actual Avatar that I mm-hmm. believe in of Avatar Last Airbender, with now <laughs> Navi being like fire creatures in the next movie. Yeah. What Keith? Oh, I was gonna say ambulance is on Prime now, streaming for free. There it is. It is on my list of movies to watch. Uh the effect thing like speaking of more effects is like the effect of the T one thousand freezing and breaking was achieved by filming shots of an amputee fitted with prosthetics and of Robert Patrick with his real limbs buried underneath the set. <laughs> and clever editing made it look seamless like seamless. It's funny watching this movie and in this week I watched Moonfall and how good the graphics look in T two comparative <laughs> to a right? current day movie in Moonfall. When you like PS3 level graphics for scenes that they put in the movie, when you texted me that you watched Moonfall, I didn't know if you watched T2, and and I kind of didn't want to spoil how the effects are in T2, so I was going to text you like, wait till you see the effects in T2, and you'd be like, (laughs) yeah. Um, one of the things we talked about, I know Rick, you didn't like just because of the year and how. It just looked. What did you think of the Arnold mask this time when he did the when it in the uh, Skynet Cyberdyne off hallways walking zooms back and forth between the? I thought it actually looked better. Like I definitely think it looked at least more like Arnold Schwarzenegger instead of a mask that looked like in no way Arnold Schwarzenegger from ter- from the Terminator. Yeah, the, the jump the jump between Terminator one and two like graphically is pretty stunning. Yeah, I think it's like noted it's like very it's very loud like granted it's not like it's only it. been like a year or something it's been almost like, a decade seven years yeah seven, yeah, seven six, years since yeah. the first one and the and the original one so they where is i just saw it the thing was that they discussion of the sequel stalled in 1981 because cameron was working on films as, such as the abyss and aliens so that's why it was still stalled out wait what year oh, did yeah, it I stall went- in 89. So it was going to be five years later. Uh, I thought you said 81. I was like, it stalled before they put yeah. out the first one. Bump, 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 bump. When did when did Aliens come out? Aliens 89. 89. Okay. But there was a lot of stuff about. So I, in my research here, um, James Cameron wrote a lot of the Terminator 2 it, during Terminator 1. Yeah, it the just story didn't, flows. It just didn't. It didn't. It just. It flows in this, but it didn't fit in the original movie. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like the one to yeah. two flows really nicely. I think. Like, yeah, it's. There, but yeah, it's just there's a ton of stuff. It's just like okay, this won't work for this, or they didn't have the technology for the T1000, which they wanted to do in the first movie. Yeah, I think I mean, the only yeah. thing script wise that bugged me was the line of like when John's like, "Yeah, my mom was shacking up with all these guys to teach me stuff." That just felt very like 
toxic late 80s early 90s stuff about the only way women can make things happen is to sell their body like that bothered me and just john overall as a character bothered me but like i think that was the that was the only real line in the movie where i was like oh that was fucking gross why would you why would that be the way she'd go about it that seems dumb Mm -hmm. and then the line also later when she's like apparently looking for a father figure for john just felt weird in general like those were weird parts of the movie i didn't really like but yeah Otherwise, the script was perfect for the most part. Um, Linda Hamilton caught, had severe ear damage during the um, second um, uh, elevator scene when the like, the SWAT team comes at them and all that uh, because she forgot to put in her earplugs the second time. Oh, no. <laughs> so she like lost that. But Jesus. as we let's continue talking about the effects here, like. T-1000, the way they had him go through bars, the the idea of him getting shot at the elevator and then splitting in half, and then just the, the idea of him, you know, forming himself and just, like, those effects is just, like, he's goop. yeah. He's, he's made of goop. <laughs> Pure goop. And, most like, a lot of that isn't just effects. It was the editing to go back and forth. Apologize for the young uh, fake movie expert in the background there. No worries. <laughs> but, I didn't hear it, so we're fine. <laughs> it's the, like the editing in this movie is really top notch of being able yeah. to like do those tricks to keep the, like the cuts between the live action to the prosthetic, then back to the live action, but mm-hmm. still make it look clean. Like yeah. the editing in this movie is really top notch. The only things in the background you could really see were like the clear dummies that would be like in situations like the mm-hmm. hanging off the back of the cars. You could always tell it was a dummy or whenever there was like a car crash, you could tell it was a dummy in the seat. Yeah. Outside of that, like everything was just seamlessly edited. And that's one of those things, too, that that's what you if you're looking for that, if you're looking for like, oh, that's a dummy you're looking for. You know, if you're just watching the movie and just enjoying the movie, you're not really gonna be like, oh, there was a dummy. right? You know, what I mean, like it's just you got you're having that keen eye to search that out to be like, is that you know what it is? Um, uh, They actually did blow up a building for the Cyrodyne headquarters. Nice. They, I watched in that documentary. They were joking around how let's hope we were filming on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, the photos. Go ahead. I was just say you want like I don't know what else else like you wanted to talk about visual effects. Like there's not a ton. Yeah. Talk about they they were they were like ten out of ten. Like it yeah. was like a beautiful movie. But it's hard to. I'm I'm trying to like think of scenes because the whole movie just I'm trying to think of things things that scenes that like stuck out. Like the truck uh-huh. going off the bridge looked cool as hell. Yeah, like that was. I they, liked the, they, like they, they, I, I they did the edit one thing. Good. They <laughs> did edit one thing though. When the semi goes off the, uh, I never caught it because you know, I wasn't paying attention. But when the semi is chasing John Connor in the in the out in the riverbank, when the the semi hits the windshield, windows popped. They fall out, and then the next <laughs> scene you see them pop oh, back yeah. in. So in 2017, <laughs> they brought out Judgment Day in 3D, and they edited that out. They affected the window white windows being taken out, and so it's there's no air there anymore. Oh, that's yeah, I will say spoiler alert: uh, a truck would not still be able to drive after that jump. Its fucking <laughs> suspension system would be gone. But you know, growing up, that that scene of John Connor being chased by the semi truck, and then he loses like the roof. 
I'm like, how the hell is he? He's going faster now because of the he lost the roof and the aerodynamic stuff. <laughs> not because not because he's on like a ten speeder. You know, what I mean, like my head was like, he's going faster because. Uh, <laughs> nice. You know, that's how my head. My, that's how I went when I was a child watching this movie. And like, it's not because he's on a ten speed and the guy's driving a semi. It's he's legit. Uh, you know. Um. But yeah, uh, that scene. Uh, whereas in the notes it brings up how uh, that was one of the painful stuff for Arnold to do because when he does the shotgun then spins it, it like it kept catching his skin <laughs> so he was like it was like one of the most painful he can do because it's just like all right action you know and then, like he hit uh Edward Norton with the gun sometimes on accident because <laughs> it's like him doing you know because he's 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 trying to control the motorcycle and then spin the shotgun at the same time type stuff. It was just like, oh, goodness. There was good. I loved all the the cool. They chose, like, they must have had, like, a gun nerd or something on set. Because all the weapons looked cool as hell. Where was Edward like... Norton in this movie? For... Oh, Edward Furlong. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm like, wait, Ed Norton was I got in this Edward. Movie? I got Edward right, but Furlong. Yeah, old, old, old Eddie Furley's. Eddie Furley's. But, yeah. but, like, that. remember that huge, that ridiculous shotgun that Sarah was sarah connor was using towards the end yeah. of the movie i think yeah. it was so awesome that's <laughs> like, like a they, tactical shotgun i think yeah, what that's called whatever yeah the big boy that's what i'm gonna call it yeah it's what i call you in your that's dreams i know um yeah, like, yeah no, while they, I, like while i sleep you call me big boy there it is cam because yep. james james cameron had them all like do training like basically <laughs> like keanu reeves does for john wick and like you know, two weeks of gun training and stuff. Like, yeah. he legit had them do that. Um, just like the first movie with Arnold, both him and uh, Arnold and Robert Patrick did the whole, you know, training and breathing through their nose to practice not blinking when shooting. <laughs> and like, you know, just straight up. Yeah. yeah. And also for Robert Patrick to look more like a cyborg and running down the streets without showing fatigue. Oh, man, his running. He, he has like... He had, he and like Tom Cruise need to have a movie runoff. Like <laughs> Tom Cruise has like the best. He clearly has the best movie run, but like that one's pretty good. Yeah, um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, um, here it is. Um, Honor was in pain because he could uh, when what could not wear a glove while cocking the gun, so his fingers would get stuck in the mechanism. He tore the skin from his fingers and had many times be- uh, before he mastered it. He frequently would hit Edward Furlong with the gun while doing it, and almost one time knocking the young actor out. He had to achieve all this while trying to act and control Harley at the same time as James Cameron told him where to look. He could not dart his eyes either because it would have ruined the shot. Shooting the gates also took two weeks of practice because it act cool while doing it. Yeah. Dude, working for James Cameron sounds kind of annoying. Like James Cameron doesn't care about your well-being. He's just like, I need to get the shot. Maybe that's like why older movies look better because there's like more unions now. <laughs> well, what is it like Uma Thurman hates or is like has a problem with her back or her knee because she got jacked up in a Quentin Tarantino movie? Yeah, it, was a driving, it was a driving accident. I, I I think they made up. I remember people were out there trying to cancel Quentin. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There's probably plenty to cancel Quentin Tarantino over. <laughs> He's kind of like not a good person. <laughs> Great movie maker, not a good person, probably. Also, apparently in defeat, but I mean, who's going to hold someone's kinks against them? Yeah, that's fine. That's like the best kink. 
there it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there like these are um, Edward uh, Denzel Washington turned down their role for Miles Bennett Dyson. No, he's because he's no offense to James Cameron. I read the script and all he does is look scared and sweat. So I had to I had to pass on that one. <laughs> That's a pretty fair take by Denzel. That and part he's forgetting get shot up. The dude gets shot up. Yeah. That part was so cool. As I was appreciated how that like how that like story beat turned out. Because yeah. they show up to his house and they like she was she's gonna kill him. She doesn't, she just wounds him or whatever. And then they have to explain to this guy that you're probably you're probably gonna end the world, and like he takes it so well. <laughs> and also the effects there too of when Arnold yeah. cuts his skin off. Yeah, oh, God, oh. that was gruesome. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Also, it took me forever to figure out who his wife was, but uh, if there's any Law and Order fans out there, that's the yeah. lieutenant for like forever in the OG Law and Order. Oh no shit. Man, everybody's like, in Why Law did Order. she look for, so <laughs> familiar? Yeah, she right. was the lieutenant in Law and Order for like mm-hmm. a long time. Nice. I always, I always, sometimes, I growing up, I always did like the like for like <laughs> no reason, you know, just no reason, just like the like the panic, like I can't hold this much longer. No, oh, I can't remember my like dummy uh, first aid classes. There's a name for that, that breathing. It's like a very specific. Oh, it's like when you're dying, where you're just taking those quick, short, shallow breaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a name for it. Because like, typically they... you have like a hole in your lung or something. So like you're trying to get air, yeah. but your like body's not capable of doing it. Or like shock too. Yeah. But it was it was a cool it was a cool touch that they had him doing that breathing. Mm-hmm. It's the one uh, it's one of my bigger complaints about this movie, though, is that it doesn't feel as tight with like the keeping the future continuity together. Because like they kill the guy who's supposed to make Skynet happen. So like they broke the future. Maybe and, like in the first movie, <laughs> they like were so good about making like, look, all your choices are kind of like pointless because the future is going to happen. But in this one, they like they changed what the future is. So obviously <laughs> that just becomes Terminator thing where they can continually kill their continuity like all the time. Well, that's what it bothered bothered me a bit with how well one did it. And then two was just kind of like, ah, whatever. The future's whatever we decide to make it. Well, and that's the something I like about Terminator 2 is that it ends like this, like, by like, there could, like, maybe arguably should not have been more Terminator movies. (laughs) I know by this, technically, like, Skynet should have been dead. (laughs) Yeah. but it's like the, it's it's so the it's that thing with the Terminator movies and it's like you know your, your destiny is whatever you make it. So the first one, yes, we destroy the Terminator, basically leading up to the sequel here because of the one arm and then they you know do the research and it's like, boom, boom, boom. But it's like in any on all the other Terminator movies, it's like well, Skynet's dead, Cyberman's down, but we found this one piece of paper that has yeah. you know, and then that's how it's that's the ongoing thing going to go forward. It's like, you know, and it's just like the thing of, Hey, we did it. We did it. We find, you know, we killed them, but it's like, <laughs> maybe if the, if the third one came out a lot sooner than, you know, 14 years, yeah. 13 years, you know what I mean? Like that might help, but then. And like, I'm okay. If they like, were more interesting with just being like the future is inevitable. 
But if the future is inevitable, then like it kind of makes the whole movies pointless because even if John Connor gets killed, the human race re-uprising is still inevitable, right? Because if Skynet's inevitable, then the down then the re-uprising of the humankind is also <laughs> inevitable. There's a oh, funny no. like they just kind of like break <laughs> their movie continuity things like with those type of ideas, and it's kind of like eh, it feels poorly well, thought. They mentioned they like because watching it this time, like they even because well, like you have to think about too the scene in when they're in Mexico and Arnold's fixing the the truck the truck. And no, like, I think they're John- still in the states because he because she says how she's going to try and cross the border. Oh, so the idea okay, was to yeah. try and get out of the states. Okay, so they're down somewhere. And Arnold's talking or John Connor's like, you know, I can't believe my mom fell in love with that guy because, you know, like it was just a one night and they fell in love. And like I never got to know him. And Arnold's like, you will. It's like, <laughs> you know, like he plants the thing of you. You will know your father in 30 years. Um, That's funny. Like oh, there's catching- the fun just on the quick. Uh, it's. The time paradox stuff didn't bug me a ton. Roger Ebert pointed out a silly one in his review of this movie that, like, by them sending someone back, it implies that they failed because John Connor still exists when they sent him back. Yeah. So, like, they were never going to, it was never going to work. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of funny. Like, Skynet and Cyberdyne will always well, still because John be Connor, around. They, they, yeah, because John, John Connor's still alive. So, like, yeah. And sending yeah, so someone back, obviously, it's going to fail because he never actually died. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, time tra- time travel is always hard in stories. <laughs> like... Yeah. Well, yeah. As long, yeah. as soon as you think about it at all, you're like, "Well, this is this is broken." That's, and why, that's like... why we don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why my my favorite ever person in the world, Justin Roiland and his gang <laughs> on Rick and Morty. There they it do, is. I, I like their time shit because they like they just call it universes, which is fine. That works. <laughs> Yeah, um, I one funny thing coming out of the Terminator Two movie is that Robert Patrick cameos as the T One Thousand Wayne Wayne's World Two. <laughs> nice. He pulls he pulls over Rain and have you seen this boy and shots a photo. <laughs> um, there's a deleted scene of of the T One Thousand asking you know hey you know the two girls like he's at the mega plot you know the mall. And they're like, you don't know where it's at? And he's like, I'm kind of new here. <laughs> I'm glad that they had him just be a smart robot and figure out how to get to the whatever it's called. <laughs> Thank you for that, because there's a no deleted scene of how the T-1000 learns <laughs> where Sarah Connor is, is that after he kills the foster parents, he goes into John Connor's room and basically just like moves his hand around all the stuff around in the room to like kind of read the room and like <laughs> intake everything that John's touched and everything. And then as he's um, uh, moving around on a wall, he hits like a movie, po- uh, uh, a band poster and rips it off. And then there's like stuff from mom in a box. So that's how he finds where Sarah Connor is. Oh, <laughs> uh, Robert Patrick liked it, but like James Cameron in the editing room was just like, this doesn't make sense if this is <laughs> like it didn't fit in the. Well, and we the, don't, as an audience, we don't need everything explained to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't need to know how he found them. It's fine. Yeah. Um. 
what else here uh do 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 uh the there's a the scene of arnold walking into the uh bar in the beginning he's actually he's wearing uh underwear this time around um that takes at least three stars off my rating there it is <laughs> uh but a funny thing was a uh, a woman what is it? I just saw you. Uh, a woman like acts just walked in on the bar, like she wasn't paying attention. Like a standby, or just was like, do 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 do. Walks in and notices like Arnold in his underwear. <laughs> Love like, the uh, joke. There was a couple of times when he walked into the bar and like a couple of the people just did a quick glance down, like in his like, camera, in his, yeah, in his, in, his, in his POV. There, that was that was good comedy. That was yeah, such a good uh, callback my, to the like... first movie of people like us talking about Arnold's dong. Yeah. Uh, but w- when she finally asks what's yes, going on, Arnold Arnold replies that it's Mel Stripper night. Ah, uh, nice. Um, but yeah, no, like, I, were, I, that, like, I was just going to say, like, while we're on the topic of comedy, like, I think when this movie started, one of the things I was worried about, like when it kicked off with him taking the glasses off and bad to the bone plan, I was like, Oh shit, is this movie going to like cringe me out a little bit? But like, as it went on it got better and better to me, like the, to me, in my opinion, the Edward Furlong stuff didn't bug me. I kind of liked him. Maybe it's yeah. part nostalgia or whatever, but like the nineties, like the, the silly boombox kid with the dirt to shaggy haircut cracked me up. I like that. Salute like, my that shorts, was- Bucknet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just the cartoonishness was fun. So like that, it's it's like the James Cameron style of comedy is very like earnest. Like he he doesn't have much, barely any any comedy at all in most of his movies, which is kind of nice sometimes. I think after like all most most movies that are action now are like chock full of quips. You've and think, these like, movies are not quippy. Think I'll support like, you. What you really want to say? The marvelization of action films. <laughs> if you think about like you know i i agree with you keith because it's like for me you know i didn't mind john connor either but like if you think about the mm-hmm. current day movies of let's say superhero movies a la shazam and black adam they're basically doing the exact same thing here of a you know superhero who is playing along with a child and you know hey you know you gotta say you know uh you know buzz off <laughs> dickhead or you know Edward Furlong's better than the Black Adam kid. And, See, yes, I agree yes. that, but I don't think he's that much better. Because I was, I had those thoughts. I'm like, God, this is just like the Black Adam kid. Not as bad. Yeah, but still pretty fucking annoying. But like we've had that like throughout the whole time, like this since you know uh, throughout all movies. There's always there's gonna be like these action movies with the, you know, not a Terminator, but like you know, like the big bad guy with a child that has to work along him. Yeah, and I've decided I hate that genre. That's just yeah. it's fucking it doesn't work ever for me. It's just not good. Uh chill out, dickhead. You know, like that type stuff of like him. It's like that process again of them them wanting Arnold's character to be more of a learning robot instead of just being the straightforward what he was in the and like most the of first that, one. that like to me that stuff was pretty great because it's once again I'm stealing from the a Roger Ebert observation, but it's interesting the way that Arnold's performance works because this is not a comedy by any means, but like he plays kind of the straight man, yes, in it in a in an action movie with a kid, which is it's kind of interesting. 
it's a little different. Yeah. Um, the, the, the scenes of like, uh, the tortoise when they kill the T1000 and he's rolling up the machine and he's like, I need a vacation. Like, that was <laughs> improvised by Arnold. Like, you know, well, it's just don't like, let Arnold improv. <laughs> well, he says they were improvised, but then there's other reports saying like it was part of the script, but <laughs> you know, to each their own. But yeah. like, I didn't mind the comedy, in fact, that because of the fact that you have a sci-fi horror ish action movie type thing you need a couple lines here and there like to me i'm with keith the fact like these movies like the comedy in this wasn't as cringeworthy as any modern day movie action one-liners you know because it's more of a slap you in the face one-liner you're like okay okay i get it you know hasta la vista baby (laughs) like that's one yeah that's a one of the more famous lines alongside i'll be be honest i think you guys are just looking through nostalgia eyes a little bit i think i'll stick with it i think if you watch this for the first time you would view this child more disproportionately than you watching it through eyes you saw when you were a kid and you'd connect to him more (laughs) i think you're nostalgia eyeing it a bit Hey, I've got my opinion. I think I'm right. <laughs> I didn't say you were wrong. I'm just saying that I think you're nostalgia-eyeing it a little bit. Um, no, wrong. No. Uh, <laughs> um, what is it? Like, yeah, I was saying um, uh, the fun, another cool thing in uh, the photos they show of the hallway scene when uh, the cops are telling Sarah about it, Arnold re reshot. They reshot the that shot. They rebuilt the hallway, and then they put Arnold back in the outfit, and then he recreated the take of the him walking down the hallway, do the shot by shot of the uh, photos. So again, James Cameron, like, all right, we're doing this, uh, you know, legit. Um, Robert Patrick as the T one thousand was fantastic. Um. <laughs> In the documentary and all the lore type stuff, it's James Cameron kind of wanted a nobody, and because of and like a like that body that he has, like that was what he was looking for. Because you have Arnold being the big muscular guy, they thought we need something quicker, faster, and leaner. It's a strength build versus a dex build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Made for some good fights. I like that they did the. They did the like they did the well, I guess it was before the Matrix. They did the Matrix thing of like slamming people into walls to like show their strength. Because like, yeah. oh man, they must be really strong because they're like pushing each other this, through walls. Because this is the first Terminator movie that's Terminator on Terminator action. You know what I mean? Because it was yeah. a Kyle Reese human versus um you know Arnold's Terminator. Uh, I definitely got a lot of Matrix was influenced by T2 though. Cause like I got a lot of Agent Smith out of the T one thousand. Yeah, because you know, shocker, guys, here that the uh, like the 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 mill house, the house, the construction site they were on, the last of the hallway, the rubber, so they can slam each other through the walls. <laughs> like in the in the documentary, they're filming the shot with of Arnold and Patrick uh, doing the shot of um, the hallway scene, the very first hallway scene. You get them in. And it's like you. I want you to freeze at this moment when you're trying to pull the gun away from Robert Patrick Arnold because 
you're you 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 know this is a fir- you're you're, you're kind of gonna be a little shocked because of the fact that oh this is another terminator type you know like you didn't think you didn't know this guy's gonna be stronger than you uh but again i thought that cool that shot was cool that scene of like you know hey there's a cop looking for you you know and he you know he, he goes to the step foster parents and Hey, there's a big guy following, uh, asking for him. Is everything all right? You know, every, everything's just going to be just fine. Well, this this movie does tension really well because they do the like the part like the two like who's going to get to John Connor first, the good guy or the bad guy. That was like a fun tension. And like my personal favorite was like um, Sarah Connor trying to get out of, of the, the mental hospital, like trying to negotiate negotiate her way out, and just like keep on hammering and hammering and hammering these how like, sleazy these people are and the guy like licked your face that was a good scene uh <laughs> i want to say that guy uh there were scenes that were like deleted scenes and stuff like he was supposed to like hit her and he was like kind of like he wasn't going to hit her and he's like hey she's like hey like don't be a bitch and hit <laughs> me and so when she breaks out and beats him up with the broken uh broom she legit like laid some in on him because it's just like because she pissed he pissed her off that's funny because he wasn't you know like fully do this um but no like i like that was vicious that like the whole that whole sequence was vicious of her breaking out of there like with the i guess that was later on with the needle the the needle at the guy's throat like with the drano in it or something yeah whatever she put in it i forget it doesn't matter to me but yeah very that was that was like the real cool parts was like Sarah Connor really was the best part of this movie she like she miles. was a badass she was a badass and yeah. like in the first movie like yeah uh it's just like it's like it's that it's a cool thing to see because some movies don't do it a lot of movies don't of uh, you had the female act female actress in the first movie be the damsel in distress and then in the second like let's go to scream She's uh, Sydney Nev Campbell. She's the damsel in distress in one. She's the damsel in distress in two. She's in three, four, and then in the fifth one, she's like, "I'm more prepared this time." <laughs> but in this movie, it's legit. Like, I swear, been, if, if Ghostface comes after me two or three more times, two more times, <laughs> I'm going to be losing it. But in this one, it's like she had ten years to prepare herself in case this situation happened, and she was <laughs> built doing for pull ups for ten years. <laughs> Yeah. Um she she, like, she bulked up good too. She yeah, she, she, she was all yeah, she she did her work. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's like I like the tension in this movie too cuz it's like you have it's the you have like your four main characters, Arnold T1 uh Arnold T1000, Sarah Connor and John Connor. And like I like the pacing of like John Connor's here and then we see Arnold driving looking for him. You see the T1000 where he's at. Then we cut to Sarah trying to say hey tell the doctor that she's been on good behavior for you know three months now and she would like to see her son she you know and then we go back to john connor and then we see arnold finding john connor and then t1000 finding out where john connor's at so it then wraps around all that again like i that's awesome tension um I can tell you growing up, the scene that disturbed me the most, two scenes that disturbed me the most, was the two twins, the security guards, the one twin stabbing his brother through the eyelet ball. <laughs> and then the T-1000 
killing the dad. Can you someone tell that dog to shut the hell up and <laughs> through the mouth? As a just from, from I, I mostly just remember him going into goopy silver mode. That was like my main memories from being a kid. Do you know, uh, Keith, that the mom in this, the stepmom in this movie is in Aliens? No, that's fun. She's the one of the main people in Aliens. Just one of the crew members? Yeah. Um, where are you? I can find it for you. Not you, Edward Furlong. Go away. <laughs> yeah, Edward Furlong was in Aliens? Yeah, he was. He was, he was, he was the alien. <laughs> Last time I checked. Um, the actress was get over here, Scorpion. Uh, Jeanette Goldstein, she was in <clears throat> Aliens. Oh, get over there. Uh, Private Vasquez. Nice, got that Cameron hookup. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that gets that Cameron hookup. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, so there's a lot of lore here. Um, <laughs> uh, the film took eight months to uh, record a uh, film. So uh, like John Edward Furlong hit puberty. So there was a lot of time. So like if you pay closely, pay attention. Um, uh, he's super young in the desert and then ages throughout like the rest of the movie. So like, yeah, he ages in real, like in, because of filming, so they had Edward Furlong have to ADR like most of his lines to um like counteract the the change. Oh, like the voice change. <laughs> yeah. That's too bad. That's probably uncomfortable. Yeah. Um uh the freeway chase near uh, end posed few problems. Permission was granted to close down five miles section of freeway for several hours per night. However, at one point all the electrical cabling meant to, to the light to the freeway were stolen. Um, not having enough time to replace it all, the company had to rent or borrow every wire connected oh, no. to the lighting on the freeway and posted security guards around it to prevent it from being stolen. Um, the scene with the helicopter chasing the truck, that was Arnold's stunt double, like them legit doing the scene of him jumping onto the hood of the uh, helicopter and shooting it. Or well, not the helicopter, the other truck. Of uh, that fun stuff. What is it? I'm blanking on Keith. You told me about how they don't ship it like it, the nitro glycerin. Oh, yeah. Like why? Yeah, it was just like I don't think that they just have big trucks full of nitro glycerin driving around. I think they do. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It seems That's silly. Going... <laughs> hey Siri, do they truck? <laughs> you talking about the truck that lizard. freezes them at the end? Yeah. yeah. That's not nitroglycerin. Nitroglycerin. Or no, but I mean nitro. The not whatever. It's liquid called. nitrogen. Liquid yeah, nitrogen. They yeah. have trucks of liquid nitrogen. All right. <laughs> See, I told you. Dude, it was a good. Like, it was... You'd be terrified at the things that just gets trucked across country. Oh yeah. I worked in this... a company where we just trucked trucks of honey. Like they'll <laughs> truck anything. Well, yeah, you got to move stuff. They should have uh, used honey in Terminator 2. Uh, when the biker puts make the them cigar... all sticky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when the uh, biker puts the cigar out on Arnold's uh, chest, the only thing protecting him uh, was a prosthetic skin the size of a dime. Yeah. 
So it had to be dead on there. Um, I kind of like the fact that they do the, you know, I'll be back is fine. But like the nowadays that come with me, if you want to live is if you, <laughs> if someone shows the clip, it's from this one, not the original. Um, Boy, this, uh, I was I was I was looking up some stuff right. about this because we we're we we're complimenting the soundtrack on the last one. I think it's the same guy. Yeah, it is. Does this one, and this guy's got a pretty good, uh, pretty long list of movies. Again, the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack slapped again for this. Yeah, outside of Bad to the Bone, which was out of place, like <laughs> the tension music in this movie and just in Terminator in general has been spectacular. According to James Cameron, there's only 42 CGI shots used in this film. Was it all the T-1000? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they also, just literally had someone who could become liquid metal that they hired for the short or for the movie. Yeah. yeah they uh, really sort of practical the liquid metal. <laughs> uh, also, La Vista Baby was voted for the number 76 movie quote by the American Film Institute out of 100. <laughs> Uh, but like I can, uh, I didn't notice it, but it's like the fact that, um, John, uh, John Connor's t-shirt at the end is the public enemy. So it's like, okay, that's kind of catch that. I like, he's, I, you know, I like that shirt. <laughs> um, uh, when the T-1000 kills the liquid nitrogen, nitrogen truck driver by stabbing through the, uh, sharp arm, the direct, the designer, Design a blade to pop out of the clothes to achieve the look of being impelled. <laughs> nice. Uh, so the ending of the movie is, you know, when I, I, the awesome is that tension part of Sarah Connor shooting like the four bullets into him, and it's like on the final blast to shoot him into like the melting stuff, and it's like, you know, and then he like does yeah. the finger wag, and then Arnold shows <laughs> up and hits, shoots a grenade, right? Um, so after that, and then Arnold has to get him, you know, lower has to have um, Sarah lower him into the move into the you know melted stuff because terminators can't terminate themselves in the original um, like the airing of this movie for people like how how is this movie you know the how the critics were taken Arnold never talks says those lines of that a terminator can't terminate themselves he just hands over the lowering device and like that's the shot so people didn't like the fact like what's what's happening why is why is he just killing himself all of a sudden so he has to they adr that line of you know a terminator can't uh, that's unfortunate because i didn't like that line I, it felt weird and out of place and a little i mean it's the 90s so they don't have like the mental health capability at that time but felt a little like mental health toxic, but yeah, I, that, that line kind of pulled me out of it being like, a, Oh, I can't terminate myself. I was like, okay, that's cringy, but all right. Yeah. It's just cause the, yeah, the original people I watched, it was like, like I don't get this. Um, I hate when they adapt things for common for lowest common denominator. It's like, Oh, some dipshits couldn't understand a perfectly well put together scene. So let's fucking spell it out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did you guys notice? Uh, anytime you saw Arnold driving, he didn't have the headlights on. 
at night. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I mean, because they, did, they they say that in the movie where he's like, "I can see" because he has yeah. Terminator eyes. He can see everything, but like people, if like if you watch the first couple scenes, like he's not driving with his lights on. It's like, well, he doesn't need them because he can. You know, I like that little touch of the, um, the fact of like, well, he can see at the night. He can see everything. So there we go. You know, don't need a. Headlights. Uh, James Cameron received a letter from the nuclear laboratory thanking him for making uh, for making the film and the realistic depiction of a nuclear bomb going off. <laughs> Thanks, James Cameron. <laughs> Thanks for showing us what the Cold War could have given us. Yeah. Mm hmm. Because um, that's right at the tail end of the Cold War, early 90s. Like people yeah. just been living with that Cold War. I mean, our parents were taught to duck and cover under a desk in case of a nuclear blast. Like, <laughs> yeah. imagine that. Yeah. Uh, the molten steel pit in the steel uh, was called uh, the spoof pit, but it was just composed of unknown liquid uh, illuminated by orange flu fluorescent lights with pieces <laughs> of plastic floating in to resemble authentic uh, molted steel. Cool. <laughs> it was just, it was a bunch of KY. Yeah. That no, that was that was on that was on Arnold's face a lot. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, I heard that it was Mountain Dew Livewire that they used. They went the to the pit. future to get that and brought it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder That's if funny. the uh, Netflix show Floor as Lava found out what that was to then use for their show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'll do that later. Uh. Keith, I don't know if you noticed, but there was plenty of Pepsi product placement around th throughout the whole house. Uh, oh, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> there was so much product placement in these two movies. It's been crazy. But, but they don't th they don't shove it in your face. That's almost worse. This one. <laughs> well, I didn't mind. No. No, there, no I mean... there still are also scenes where they kind of shove it in your face. The Terminator movies was... have been very product placement-y. The one, the only part that I was like, hey, what are you doing there? It was when they were, he's carrying the Pepsi through the office. That was the one that got me. I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> come on now. But granted, also, like, you think about it, and we complain about those type of product placements, but, like, if he <laughs> was carrying, like, a a Plexi or something that, like, was just supposed to, like, like mimic it, we'd be like, eh, fuck it, just get the real Pepsi. Who cares? I know. He probably would be carrying a Pepsi. <laughs> like, that's but, like fine. it's fine, but it's also, like, the only time <laughs> it's a problem for me is when they're turned proportionately so that, like, yeah. The actual logo is facing you. Like if they mm -hmm. have it, the and they're one... just carrying it normally, then it's fine. But it's when it's like, you guys ever? Why is that table and every single thing on it pointing right at the camera perfectly? Did you guys see that Ricky Gervais movie about like where he died or something? But no. Anyways, it's the it problematic was... person that is Ricky. No, Gervais whatever. It was. Is. It was whatever. It was really bad. Whatever. But like, it was the movie had this obnoxious Pizza Hut sponsorship clearly because. They would, they would do like the Wayne's World shit where they like slowly turn it at the yeah. camera. It was really funny. <laughs> um, I like the you know I like the uh to for the movie the I like the scene with the T one thousands at the at like the hospital where Sarah's at and just like walking through the aisles as you know like the scene of her seeing him when he's as he's the um security guard and like she's hiding behind the wall and then 
sees him walking and then we cut to him and you see him as it, but then they pan away and he cuts back to being normal. It's just like, okay, there's tension as he, when he finds Sarah's room and it's like the guy trying to get up from being attacked from uh, Sarah's beat down. <laughs> um, he can, uh, can he have without flinching. Uh, this film is in the official top 250 narrative feature films on Letterboxd. Keith might know more about Letterbox than me because that's Letter- one of those like Letterbox. So yeah, like, it's like it's like so one like, of those things like top of the line type movies and stuff. Oh, is it like a like like criterion kind of thing? Uh huh. Not like a, a collection. Yeah. I'm uh, curious now, but with this Letterbox <laughs> list, what is Letterbox? What is what is Letterbox? <laughs> what is Letterbox? Uh, hard to tell. I have to do more research. Okay. Um, what else? Saying, yeah, I'm on diet. Sin. Uh, Steven Seagal was under early consideration for the T1000. That would have been <laughs> awesome. That would have been, been something. <laughs> just go, just seeing that goes to the video you sent us of um, Steven Seagal's oh. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, or, uh, doing the... Just, we, just we tried to do the wall running. That, that bit was—I still think about that bit. It was so funny. I could do this. <laughs> um, this was part of Americans Films Institution 2001's list of top 100 most heart-pounding American movies. <laughs> it was pretty heart-pounding. Yeah, okay, you are on a scale pounding. of one to heart-pounding. Heart-pounding. But yeah, you know, this movie, you know, I mentioned how this movie is like one of my top favorite, like one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's just like just watching it's just like, okay, it was smooth for me. Like we're just watching this, like, yeah, wasn't a didn't feel like a tight 90, but it also, you know, did like yeah. what you said. Yeah, earlier, this, <laughs> this movie's hard because it it is just like one of those old timers. So it's like uh like once you pick the couple things that maybe bug you, it's like, all right, but yeah, I mean, whatever, it's Terminator 2. <laughs> it's like you know, um, James Cameron came up with the film's plot uh, when he was tripping on ecstasy. Uh, he stated, <laughs> oh, I remember yeah. sitting there once high on E writing notes for Terminator and I was stuck, struck by uh, Sting's song uh, that I hope the Russians love their children too. And I thought, you know what? The idea of a nuclear war is just so uh, authentic to life itself. There, that's that's where the kid came from. He explained that the, his movies are always about relationships. Sure, there's uh, there's going to be a big thunderous action sequence, but the heart of the movie is that the relationship. Um, James Cameron said from his home in New England, New Zealand, I always have loved the Wizard of Oz. The movie is about the Tin Man getting his heart. Yeah, it's a good, it's lots of good mama stuff in this movie. I like that stuff. Yeah, um, you know the the scene of them rescuing. I like the scene. I like uh, with uh, them rescuing Sarah is like the scene of John Connor telling Arnold the Terminator, "You can't kill anybody," and they walk up on the security guard and he blasts two in the kneecaps and he just turns. That was around so violent. Like, I loved it. <laughs> Here live. Yeah, when he just walks through the room of cops, just blasting them all in the kneecaps, that was so rad. I loved it. And then they, and then when they finally escape, and the T one thousands just giving chase, and after they lose him, she's like, "You idiot! I told you not to come here. You should have not come to save me." And he's like, "I had to." Yeah. Uh, did you guys know that there was a 
I know we talked, there was like a 3D game that involves a little older Edward Furlong and Arnold as John Connor is uh, transported into the future as a teenager. <laughs> and Arnold has to send him back. So it's like, and then like the T-1000s there and it's pretty bad effects of he's in his cop, the cop Wait, jacket. Wait, this is a video game? It's on YouTube. It's like a movie. It's like oh, one of those like ride movies. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, but you should look it up. It's pretty funny. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, this, uh, anything, anything else I can find? Um, not is that for long. No, no, no. Oh, the, you know, I like the, one of the cool small things. It's like the T 1000s gets thrown out of the window and then he examines the mannequin uh, head and like, you know, for, foreshadows what he really is. <laughs> oh yeah, me, yep. I I I cut that. Yeah, there is a thing like the in the extension I cut uh, d- edition of when Oscar La Vista baby happens, and then the T one thousand gets himself back, and he starts to like he's not fully himself anymore because his like the. Like he shimmers type thing, like a line goes down him. He's not fully comp- like one hundred percent. If in the scene of the three people walking, running away from him, and he they show him running, he walks past a post. But in the extended cut, he walks through the post and looks at himself, and he has the the it's the um, caution logo paint on, and he looks at him, and he has the caution paint alongside him. Like on him because he's not fully complete anymore. Um, but yes, I can. Bad to the bone, Keith. Bad to the bone. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, was, seen... I was trying to. I was, I was trying to read through some soundtrack stuff. I didn't catch. I guess I'm not sure if it's in the movie, but does Guns and Roses is on the soundtrack too? Yes, Guns and Roses. The, the song that they're playing in the in the in the driveway john come come oh, come clean sense. your listen to your mother she's not my mom todd that's guns and roses <laughs> so Arnold <brat>. schwarzenegger <laughs> is the terminator in the music video nice yeah what's the song like you're gonna be mine it's, i think it's called i like that country song they're playing in the bar that was a good song i do too yeah i have to look up what that is just... uh you could be mine is the song from um the Guns N' Roses songs that's played okay. multiple times in the movie. Uh, but yeah. Uh, any things you guys, did, any scenes you did not like? Mm, I mean, no, not no. really. It was all okay. like, just, we kind of touched on it. Like some, some of like the kid actor stuff is annoying. <laughs> like that is true. Yeah. But, um I mean no, this is like I don't think it's too controversial to say that this is easily the most rewatchable Terminator movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. So um so let's go to the uh budget. Do you guys want to take a guess what the budget was? Uh, as I'll tell you the remember the first Terminator movie budget was only six point four million. Twenty twenty nine. Seventeen. hundred and two. Nice. <laughs> Come on, Marvel. If James Cameron can do this in 1990, 
with a hundred million. Come on. Uh, the gross I mean, for this movie, a hundred million in 1990 to today would be astronomically oh, yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. The, in, uh, the inflation for the, uh, $300 that they steal from the ATM is only five sixty. Nice. Um, gross for this e- movie, easy money, easy money. Uh, the gross for this movie, uh, domestically, it only got two hundred and five million. Internationally, three hundred and twelve million. So worldwide, about five twenty. Damn, that's big. Uh, the film is one of the highest grossed rated R films of all time. I can uh, see so that. It's, well, it's got it's so, like probably just about the most famous R rated movie. <laughs> yeah, it's one of yeah, like Deadpool just recently beat it just because it's you know yeah. Deadpool and the comedy. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go to the box office for July 6th to the 8th of 1991. And let's see if we know these movies. Coming in number 10 in its seventh week with 2 million, Thelma and Louise. I okay. am aware and have seen that movie. All right. Number it's nine gonna, in its sixth it's week. Driving, with, in its sixth week with 2.6 million, Soap Dish. Don't know it's that a, one. It, I'm going to guess it, Billy Crystal. No, it, so it's a. <laughs> He was in every other 90s movie. (laughs) It's not City Sickers. Uh, No, I've seen this movie, so I'm two for two. It's so, it's a, um, like, at the time, it's the who's who of, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Sally Field, Kevin Klein, Terry Hatcher. It's basically, it's a movie about about soap, soap, soap opera, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. It's like, um, them doing a TV show, like a Young and the Restless. It's some filming the Young and the Restless, and it's like behind the stuff. It's, Pretty funny. Uh, number eight in its seventh week with two point eight million backdraft. Yep, I've never seen it, but I know of it. I did the ride at Universal Studios when I was a kid. <laughs> nice, hell yeah. Uh, number seven in its third week with three point one million dying young. It's a Julia Roberts movie. Never heard of it. Yep. Number six in its third week with five point two million. The Rocketeer. Ooh, I like I've that. Seen, movie I haven't kid. seen that movie since I was a kid, but I've seen that movie. Yeah. Number five in its first week with five point three million, Problem Child Two. <laughs> Have you seen Problem Child Two, Keith? Probably. I don't know. The one with the <laughs> it's the John Ritter with the redhead step son. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming in number four in its fifth week with eight point two million. Keith's favorite nineties actor, Billy Crystal in City <laughs> Slickers. Uh, number three in its fourth week with ten million. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I don't think I've Ooh, seen that, that Robin Hood. It's the Kevin Costner Morgan Freeman yeah. movie. Uh, number two in its second week with eleven million. Naked Gun, two and a half. The Smell of Fear. I've never seen a Naked Gun movie. Really? I've seen. I know like, of them. One. I've seen parts, but I've never actually like. I know like the, <laughs> like queen scene or whatever like at the uh-huh. baseball stadium like i know that scene but i've never mm-hmm. actually seen a movie uh that means number one in its first week with 31 million terminator 2 now, uh, how did they get how did cameron get the studio to agree to a hundred million dollar budget in 1990 like there's no way anything had been that big till that point that's such an uh, insane amount of money in 1990 there was something about it. Uh, fun facts, uh, as I find try and find that. Uh, Arnold, his own Arnold's um income was uh, like contract, he got 15 million for it. 
Uh, he was also then given a given a slightly used Gulfstream three airplane for the movie. Um, I don't know, and an airplane too. Sure, the studio executives were nervous. I and used concerned. airplane, Keith. Come yeah, on, yeah, come down. Come on. Uh, the studio executives were nervous and concerned with the original budget of the U.S. of seventy-five million, ballooning up to eighty-eight million, with more to come. In order to keep the budget manageable, they proposed to eliminate a few scenes, particularly the opening scene. Uh, they tried to get Arnold to persuade Cameron to remove it, but Schwarzenegger turned them down by saying, "Owning a studio guy would cut a scene out like that." So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Cameron and Schwarzenegger are like, "Screw you and your." Uh, your your wants and needs, but like, uh, people get criticized if they had a budget of a hundred million dollars today, <laughs> unless it was a Marvel movie. Like that's insane. Um, but then you also uh, and also in the budget too, they did a hundred fifty thousand dollar trailer. Um, but yeah, uh, in the late nineteen eighty four, the project uh, budget was twelve million. The final budget for this was one hundred two million. Um, that was when they first announced the Terminator two was twelve million, and then it fluctuated at one hundred two. Um, despite the initial studio concerns, the movie might uh, they were able to, uh, you know, get it all back and more. So, uh, the ratings for this movie, IMDb gave this an eight point six out of ten. Ron Tomato, all critics in 92, top critics in 91, and audience gave this a 95. Before we rank them and glaze them, Keith, what's Mr. Uh, Ebert saying? Oh, Ebert liked it. He actually did a write-up on this one. Need to find it real quick right now. Three and a half stars he gave it, and there wasn't much for a good reading series in there. He basically compliments the action and Special effects, because I mean, imagine seeing this in 1991. I think that would have been pretty mind blowing. You're like going to yeah. the theaters, and like, it's this. It's clearly like 20 years ahead of its time with how it looks. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. He liked it very much. Three and a half stars. Okay. Compliments uh to Sarah Connor's character. Yeah, describes her as a fierce heroine, which is correct. Man, not much for Ebert. He liked it. Okay. Um, it's just it's like uh, the thing about Sarah Connor, and you know, we've talked about how awesome she was. I, I in the lore in the first one, like she wasn't meant to be this type of person. Like that wasn't <laughs> the goal for James Cameron to like have her be this at the end, but or the female actress be a, mm-hmm. a just be the damsel in distress. But then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, yeah, got an just... idea here. Shooting Windex into people's necks. That's right. Uh, so before we glaze them, let's rank them. Uh, we're ranking movie, hero, slash Terminator, villain. Uh, you've been terminated, best kill, and the Arnie. So let's start with hero slash Terminator. Where does the Arnold's Terminator? And you can say Sarah Connor. Are they below or at, above Kyle Reese? We'll have to add a category of like best Terminator. Do we have best Terminator? Because that's gonna yeah, be yeah. Good... Well, it's like best hero. That's Isn't what that it best is. Villain. Yes, we do. But I meant like best, like just like the best like robot. Killer. Oh, okay. Start it now, like, like a best Terminator. Yeah, like the best because like there's all sorts. They introduced all sorts of models. Yeah. Okay. So let's do that. So yeah. So for he- hero, we can do Kyle and then like 
You can do because yeah. Arnold qualifies as a hero and a Terminator. He does. So like we can do Terminator Two, Arnold, and then when we do the other ones, like, hey, what was the better Terminator? Yeah, because alongside the, hero. Yeah, they have all sorts of them coming yeah, out we, later. We, yeah, there's so many uh, universes, as Keith put it earlier, that we can uh, discuss. <laughs> so uh, just Terminator Two, Terminator Arnold, go above Kyle Reese. Uh, yeah, and it's not that close. Kyle Reese kind of sucked for me as a character, to be honest. And I didn't love Arnold in this movie, but I still think he's a better hero than Kyle Reese was. Okay. And then for Terminator, Terminator 2, since it's that one, uh, villain, we have Arnold's Terminator 1 or the T-1000. I think the T-1000 is a better villain. He was more, he was more, he was scarier to me than Arnold's T-800. Joe, it's going to be up to you. I'm going opposite. I'm going Arnold in one. It's a better villain. I knew that would be mine. Uh, <laughs> um, for me, I'm going T1000. They're both fantastic villains. I just, for me, growing up watching this movie a ton and more than the first one. So it's the T1000. Oh, he's he's certainly more iconic. I, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get into the star portion of this. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's do, uh, you've been terminated the best kill. Uh, for Terminator 1, we have the heart pull. So for this one, it is the, there's lots of them. There's a lot. Uh, you have the T1000 stabbing the stepfather uh, through the mouth of the blade. And by the way, someone mentioned uh, I saw this. Why was the T1000 cooking dinner when, when he kills the foster parents? It's like he didn't need to do that. He just, just killed them both. He's just doing it. He's just trying it out, seeing what it was like. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just trying to cut a carrot and see how that felt. Yeah. So we have. Or- uh, well, I think I'm it was because go... just in case uh, John Connor was going to come yeah. through the door. It was to yeah, catch yeah. him off guard. But someone mentioned that. I'm like, that's funny. Getting his ass like with knocked into the lava pit with the golden eye grenade launcher, I think is my favorite kill. The T-1000 dying? Yeah. Yeah, because you have the T-1000 dying. You had the foster parents dying. You had the um, security guard eye through the hole, uh, stabbed through the eye. Um I probably go the stepdad dying as the best kill in this movie, but I think I still think the heart pull scene is the best kill I've seen so far between the two movies. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going for me. I'm doing. <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> well, no, because I I love them both. Like the growing up, the um, the uh, stepdad. Like scarred me. Huh. <laughs> so I, I don't I've, watch. I like that these ties are going to the person that picked the series. We should keep. Right. So we should somehow try to make that a rule. <laughs> if, if, there's it, a tie, if it works, if it works, okay. If there's a tie, so, the tie, the tiebreaker is the one who picked the series. I mean, but there's no way good. to know if there would no, be a tie. <laughs> you could just yeah. make it that the series picker always goes last in these situations. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, for me, I. It's the T-1000 because of the effects of them using a real thing and then, um, you know, the effects, all that jazz. Um, the Arnie. For <laughs> us, we have I'll Be Back, Dong. <sighs> what? <laughs> I still don't know. Too, what... He was too wholesome in this one. I got to give it up to the Dong for number one. Like the well, yeah, we, the need, we need a, we need a, we need we need a moment yeah yeah uh, I can't really I, think of one though oh I there's plenty you have the uh, 
I like well, you can part. think of one, but I can't. This I, is I, I, each. <laughs> we all have our fucking opinions. I'm trying to give you some to think about, and I'm telling um, you, none of those really like. There was no like something that stood out the way that it did in the first one. I'm gonna go. So then, what's the Arnie for this one? Since we need something, that's what's hard. Like I, I guess like... the most Arnie, like Asta La Vista, is kind of like the Arnie, I guess. <laughs> That's a, yeah. yeah, but what's like the? I guess that'd be the way to look at it. Like, what was the? Like, when you think Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie, you'd think like Asta La Vista is kind of it. Oh no, is it when he pulls the glass, the sunglasses, or puts yeah, or puts them on? So it's either Asta La Vista or Bad to the Bone. God, Bad to the Bone does kind of fit. Cause that, like, that was the most cringy moment in the. It's not his fault though. It's not like he picked the song that was in the background <laughs> at the time. But yeah, probably I would give it to Bad to the Bone because that was probably the cringiest Arnold moment of the movie. Okay, uh, then let's do movie one or two. I'm re I'm I'm rewatching one. I think I think I like. I want to rewatch one more than I want to rewatch two just because I dislike John Connor so much. <laughs> Keith? Two for me. This two one, well. this is a very much like it's a good like sick day blanket movie for me. Yeah. That is that's so you when you're in a sick mode, you like an action movie as your Yeah. Yeah, it's a good uh Especially with ter- like Terminator Two, I don't really care to pay close attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing, it. you want to know what the most gruesome movie I watched on a sick day once was was Black Hawk Down. So I can get where you're coming from with that point of view. <laughs> that was not they... a movie to watch when I was at home sick. When you got, yeah, when he has to hold the hold the nerves or whatever to keep from bleeding out. <laughs> uh, so movie be two one. So uh, let's lay some stars. Banana, I'm glazed to the bone. Banana, glazed to the bone. Damn, the sound, the the the, the glaze track for the Terminator franchise is top, top, top tier. This go around. I feel <laughs> like it's gonna take a pretty big downturn after, <laughs> after these first two movies. Boy, this is a fascinating franchise because one and two are a hundred thousand feet. Like, however you feel about one versus two or two versus one or whatever. They're just miles ahead of the other movies. It's it's, 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 it's interesting. It's a it's an interesting franchise. So what are we? So do you, well, I, I, I pre-gla- I, I, I'll say I, I'm giving it a five for myself. So okay. that was a, okay. that was an easy kind of, uh, my joke is I'm not surprised Rick already had it down for a five for me. For this, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a five. I'm letting it for you too. What was my okay? I'm, I'm not even gonna ask. I'm, I'm gonna be direct. I'm gonna be confident. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm doing a uh, go to BetterHelp.com/slash fake experts. <laughs> and you for would promo find code? that Keith, you gave the Terminator a four. <laughs> okay, Terminator was a four. It's it's not a five. For me, I don't have the 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 Terminator doesn't have the emotional the it doesn't it's not a it's not perfect like the Matrix. I think that was my other five. 
I feel like he has. He's like wants to say five, but he's not going. It's I know close. he's not going to, but it's close. It's yeah. close. It's a. I think I'm gonna go four and a half because it's a. It's an all timer. See, I'm gonna drop it anymore. I'm only gonna go four. I just I didn't connect with the movie as an all timer in that way. I can see why people would do it, and maybe if I'd seen it as a kid, I would have that view now. But it just. It felt like another poorly written kid with a superhero movie to me with that great stuff around. If it had been more focused on Sarah Connor. Because Linda Hamilton was fucking like she was perfect to me throughout this film. She was great. But then we got all that weird John Connor douchebaggery stuff. Like the scene that most encapsulates like the poorness of the movie to only get a four was like when he calls the people over to help him to then have the Terminator beat those people up. I was like, uh, you called me all so, a dipshit. <laughs> it's just so cringy. And just like, that was very nineties. <laughs> I just, it did not work for me with those scenes. Okay. Like I can see the greatness in it. I can see why people who watched it back then would, cause I mean, you would be in a more nineties state of mind, but yeah, it did not hold up in that regard. But I mean, obviously the CG is better than almost anything we get nowadays. So mm-hmm. granted, you'd also have to drop half a million now or half a billion nowadays to get yeah. that same output. So it is what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, like what did um, Avengers Endgame have for their, uh, I'm looking it up right now, for their budget. But that would have Terminator 2 Judgment Day come in at a four and a half making it our highest rated movie of 2023 and making it our sixth highest rated movie ever. Dang. Funny enough. I mean, I guess I'll leave this up to you two boys because Shaun of the dead and the Terminator were tied at nine and 10 right now. Which one <laughs> of those gets bumped from the top 10 list for Terminator two. Wait, are we, we're... I, I would say Shaun of the dead because it's a. All right. We'll it's... keep the Terminator in the top 10 and Shaun of the dead. We'll leave the top 10. Okay. Yeah, yeah, seen... This will put T2 as our sixth highest rated movie ever. Dang. Okay. Uh, I was looking it up. Avengers Endgame, it was 350 or 400 million for their budget. So. And I'll be honest, like, there's definitely gaps in that, in the CG in that movie comparative to this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are, it's hard to compare though, because Avengers Endgame is a cartoon. And like, yeah, this. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> So we're done with T2 as now we're moving 12 years into our future. And when it came, when this one came out to 2003, as our next movie we'll be talking about will be Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. So, is this what they mean by literally it's all downhill from here? Yeah, we'll find out. So, before we find out, let's pre glaze for Terminator 3. I'm I don't think it's going to be like one of the worst movies we've ever seen. I don't think it's going to be below a 2, but I'm still going to give it a 2 cuz I still think it's not going to be good. Keith. All right, I'm going to go I'll, I'll bet it's going to be a passable action movie. That's going to be my opinion mm-hmm. on it. And I'm going to go 3. I'm going to go um I'll say 2 and a half. Um, like I remember watching it 
Like I remember the day, how my day went and how hyped <laughs> I was. And then I think felt a little sad coming out, <laughs> but I I'll be honest. I haven't seen it probably since then. Yeah. I have not watched this movie since I watched it in theaters. Yeah. So I'm uh, intrigued by that. And my joke is for Rick. Rick, I, I'll write it down, but I want to remind, I want to know what you think of the new John Connor compared to this John Connor from T2. Well, I looked <laughs> up who it was because I was trying to like actually remember anything about this movie I've seen before and have very little yeah. memory of. And I, they showed me a picture of the guy. And I'm like, I still have no idea. Dude, Nick Stahl. John Connor. I, I watched the trailer for it right after oh, I finished two the other night. Yeah. It was, it, it's pretty funny. It's it's very of its time. <laughs> very 2003. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing again why Arnold is once again there, considering he's been killed at the end of both movies. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's just he gets sent back in time again. But like, man, doing that for a third movie is kind of stretching the trope a bit, I think. <laughs> yeah. So we'll find out uh, next week on why why Arnold is still back for uh, Terminator Three. <laughs> Terminator Three. Should this have been made? Should this have been made? <laughs> is, but I mean, isn't that what the tagline is for all of the movies coming the, up for, now? For, and I'll tell remaining. you this. I, I, I just want to remind people here. Tell you guys this. Going into this movie, this movie's rated R. Just let just let Wait, you know that. Is it? Yes, it is. I thought that was the big knock against T3 was that it wasn't R. Nope, this is rated R. Did they just say fuck twice? I don't remember it being that gory. Same here. So just let you know now. It's rated R. R. It also is longer than I remembered it being. Seeing the time run of an hour. No, no. No. I remembered it being like an hour and 10 minute movie. I'm surprised to see it's an hour. It 50. felt like a tight 90. I, uh, I, I remember it being a tight 90. So no, it's rated R and it's 150. Yeah. Apparently I remember even less about this movie than I thought I did. I've been yeah. I'm watching the trailer. There's a hot babe Terminator in it. They do yeah. that. That's all we got. That's they all do we that got. Move. Yeah. They do that move. Again, so coming uh, here, by, being played by someone that I do not know at all. Christina <laughs> Loken. She was the it girl in 2003. I can tell Maxim, you that she, right she was now. on Maxim. <laughs> that's all. That's all she did there, folks. So coming here next week on oh, fake she was movie. in Blood Rain. That's kind of dope. There it is. So coming here next week here on Fake Movie Experts, Terminator Three, Rise of the Machines, and should have this been made? Hey, hey, let them know we're gonna do a a sweepstakes where the the winner of the Terminator games will get a, a year long subscription to Maxim. Yep. <laughs> and the and F F M A eight for him uh, magazine F H M F H yeah, yeah, there it is. Right. No, I'll just we'll just dig up twelve uh, random 12, maxims. Twelve random maxims. <laughs> this one's also Cristiano Lucas. Just, just knock on everybody's like. Just start knocking on doors. Excuse me, sir. Do you have an old maximum? Thank or, you. I'm gonna use that. That was like the when... Olivia Munn cover. Or yeah. Anna Kornikova. <laughs> yeah, I'll take all those. Thank you. And uh, I'm not buying them. I'm just stealing them from you. <laughs> Sir, I can't take this magazine, sir. These are far too stuck together. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. So, uh, yes, uh, Rise of the Machines next week. But you can go to NoCellEntertainment.com. That's right, NoCellEntertainment.com, where you can find all the blogs, all the podcasts, everything that we do for you. You can find us all on the social medias at NoCellENT or NoCellEntertainment on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
and wherever you listen to your podcast. So is at this point we start regretting doing the whole thing, or do you think it waits till we get to bail? <laughs>